The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Echet Yebamot has been dedicated and sponsored by our dear friend, Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife, in honor of his uh, family and Hatzlacha, Varvacha, Bechol Maasiyadav, maybe Zocheh. To raise his children in the ways of the Torah, they should give him much nachat. He should have many more children with health and happiness. And he should have call him and his entire family. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. Abraham ben Esther, Ruwa Hashem Tenihanu Begin Eden, Amen. Today's daf is being studied. The Rifuaz Shedema, Sarah, Bat Rahel. Enna Rifanala, Betokshar, Hulamu Israel. Amen. We begin today's daf on Kuftet Zayin, Hamud Bet, and we are three lines from the bottom, starting from the Mishnah. The Mishnah begins, Bet Shammai Omrim, Tenaseh Vetetol Ketubata, which means, when a lady comes along and testifies, and says, Met Ba'ali, that my husband dies, and we learned that under certain situations we allow her to remarry, which means we... Trust her testimony. So the Mishnah says she also is believed as well monetarily, meaning she will get paid the ketubah from the first husband's estate that she claims he died. So therefore the law is when a husband dies, he must pay a ketubah. So therefore we believe her as well for the ketubah that she can get paid. Well, we allow her to get married based on that testimony, met Ba'ali. However, we do not allow her to take the ketubah. So comes the Gemara and says, Mishnah says, Amalem Bechamai. So Bechamai tells Betelel, Hitartem Ervachamura. You will matir ervachamura, which means you trust her to remarry, which is a very stringent thing. You're, you're telling her that she's not considered an eshet ish. So for that you're believing her. You're not going to believe her on the, the small item of the monetary? If you believe the legabet to get married, which is a stringent thing, certainly you should leave her. So betelel comes along and says back that even though she is believed meaning to get married so we'll say that because we don't want her to remain an aguna however when it comes to uh, mamon there's no uh, reason to believe her and he says matzinu we found she'en ha'achin nichnasin l'nachala alpiha which means let's say she doesn't have children, this lady. So the normal law of Yerusha is, if a person dies, let's say a husband dies, normally that's his sons will inherit him. If he doesn't have sons, so his brothers become the inheritors. So Betelel says, Which means the inheritors do not now inherit his estate 
based on her testimony, which is even though she said that her husband died, therefore technically now, if he's dead, they become the inheritors, she's not believed, which means you need, like a bit of money, two witnesses, that come along and uh, give a uh, testimony, like a bit of mamon. She's, if we believed her, that's all because we don't want it to remain in Aguna. But the Gabriel Mamon, she doesn't have any Emanut. So Betelah says, Nafkamina, we're not going to believe the Gabriel, let's say the Yerusha, that the husband died, therefore his brothers, let's say, can inherit. So comes Gabriel and says, Amru la'im bechamai. So bechamai comes along and says, Vahalo misefer ketubah. Which means from the language that's written in the Ketubah, Nilmod, we should learn, Shehu kotevla. What does he write in the Ketubah? What does every husband write in the Ketubah? She'im tenasi le'acher, teteli ma she'katuv lechi. Which means, if you are going to be allowed to get married to somebody else, meaning in the case where, let's say, the husband died, so he gets divorced, so you'll receive what I'm writing in this uh, document. Which means, bottom line, once already you're believing that to get married, so the Tanai of the Ketubah is in the event that you'll be able to get married to somebody else, so therefore you're going to get the Ketubah. So therefore she's getting it because of the, the condition of the Ketubah, bitch, I argues. So the Gebra says, at the end, Betelel retracted, and he agrees to Betelel. Not only is she believed the Gabet to get married, but she's also believed the Anyan the Mamon, meaning for the Ketubah. Amar of Chizda says, Let's say I have a case where a lady gave a testimony, she said, Met Ba'li. And as a result of it, she fell to Yibum. So then the law is that the Yavam, that's the brother-in-law that makes the Yibum, he now gets Nahala. Which means he receives the Nahala. Because we have a Gizirat Katuv, that the Yavam is Yoresh, the Nechassim of the Met. So therefore he enters in, uh, in his stead. Hem darshu midrash ketubah, which means if the rabbis were doresh, that she'll get a ketubah payment. That's the din of our mishnah. If the rabbis came along and said that what that the ketubah goes to her, anu lo nedrosh midrash Torah. Should we not be doresh the law of the Torah? Because what does the pasuk say by yibum? It says yakum al shem achiv. Which means uh, the uh, estate should rise in the name of the brother, which means he becomes the inheritor. God says, which means what's ready made yibum, which means he established a yibum, so therefore the Torah says the Nahala goes to him. So if the rabbis allowed a ketubah payment, because they said that the ketubah makes such a condition that if she gets remarried, uh, she can get a ketubah, so certainly we're going to impose the Torah law that says a yavam gets the nahala, based even on her own testimony. Amar of Nachman said, Bat lebet din. Okay, now we give some cases. Let's say she comes to bet din, the lady. Ve'amra met ba'ali, my husband died, hatiruni lehinaseh, please allow me to remarry so there, of course, we believe her, and we let her get married, like we learned earlier. Ladies, she's precise, and she's not going to say a testimony unless she is uh, certain, because she knows that if she's going to get remarried, 
So, and the husband resurfaces, she's going to be forbidden to go back to her husband. So therefore we believe her. So in this case over here it says, V'notnim la ketubata. He also gave her the ketubah. Why? Because in this case over here she's really coming to testify like she wants to get married. Right? So therefore the ketubah follows suit. That since already we're allowed to get married, so the law is that the ketubah is that once she's allowed to get married, she gets paid the ketubah. However, let's say she says like this, Tenuli ketubati. She comes in, I want the ketubah payment. Then already, she's not believed. Not only is she not believed, Ligabe the ketubah, We don't even believe her to get married. Which means, she has no ne'emanut. My ta'ma, which means she's coming because she wants the money. Now, we don't have a sevarat to believe her, the money alone. Why? Because the whole logic that we believe her testimony is because she's going to be precise. Why? Because when she remarries, she does not want to now have to leave the new marriage. Right? She's going to be forbidden to the old marriage, so she's careful. However, you don't say that. Because she can come along and say, I want my ketubah, and uh, she doesn't have to get remarried even. So therefore, there's no reason why she won't lie. So therefore, if she's coming primarily for the ketubah, so already she is not believing. So if she comes along and says, my husband died, I want ketubah, then already there is no ne'emanut, which means she only gets it if she comes along and says, my husband died, done it as a result of her husband's death, we give her the ketubah as well. But if she's only coming for the money, she doesn't have a specific ne'emanut, like the mamon. So comes the Gemara and says, Ibailu, here's the question. She says both things. She says, allow me to remarry, because my husband died, and I also want my ketubah. Since she mentioned the Ketubah, maybe she's primarily coming for the Ketubah, therefore she has no Ne'emanut. Or maybe, maybe the normal thing is that any claim that a person has, usually they uh, say it to the Betin. So this lady has two claims. Number one, of course, she wants to get remarried. And uh, number two, she also wants the Ketubah. So that's not an indication that she's specifically coming from Mamon. She's just saying all the claims in front of the Betin. Therefore, you can believe her. So, give us to say, And if you want to come along and say that what that everything that a person has, all claims, they do mention it to the betin. What about this case? Let's say she splits the ketubah first. She says, "Give me my husband died. I want the ketubah and allow me to get remarried." He will say for sure she's interested in the money because that's the first thing she said. Which means, since she really doesn't know what's going to Matira to get remarried, she says everything. She doesn't know whether it's her uh, testimony that her husband died, is that enough to get allow her to remarry, or that she needs a ketubah in order to get remarried. So that's what she's saying, both claims, she puts the ketubah first, just because she thinks that that's going to allow her to get remarried. And she does mention that she wants to get remarried. So that's what us in that case... Kibra says Tiku. Kibra leaves it in a question for Eliyahu Navi. Comes the next Mishnah. Okay, now, everybody is believed to testify that met Ba'la, that her husband died. Chutz Mehamotan. Now, the Mishnah is going to list us certain ladies that do not have a Ne'emanut, 
because we suspect that they're lying, because they hate this animosity between these ladies and the uh, lady that they're testifying against, and therefore they want to spoil her. They want to say, Met ba'alek, they want to go uh, get married, and then the husband will resurface, and she become forbidden to the husband. They want to osir her on the husband, therefore on purpose they're going to lie, and give a false testimony. Who are these ladies that are pursued to testify? Number one, Chutz mehamotah. A mother-in-law is not believed to testify that her son died to allow her daughter-in-law to be married. Why? Because the logic is like this. That she thinks the mother-in-law like this. All the money that I have, the mother-in-law is thinking, is going to end up going to my son as Yerusha. She has no problem with that. But she's saying what? That who's going to end up spending all my money? My daughter-in-law. She's going to take all my hard-earned money and spend it. And therefore she has an animosity against the daughter-in-law because she thinks one day all her hard-earned money is going to be spent by the daughter-in-law. Ubat Hamota. Bat Hamota would be her mother-in-law's daughter. People call that like a sister-in-law. Which means the sister-in-law hates her, uh, her sister-in-law. Why? Because she feels that all her parents' hard-earned money, the daughter-in-law is going to spend. Which means the parents are going to die, the money is going to go to the son, and the daughter-in-law is going to spend all this money. So therefore, a sister-in-law cannot testify uh, that what? That her... Uh, that uh, her husband uh, died, that this, her uh, brother's wife uh, died. Vetsarata, okay, a co-wife, which means, let's say there's two wives in a marriage, so co-wives by nature are jealous of each other, and therefore, of course, a co-wife would not be allowed to testify that the uh, husband died in order to matir her to get married. Vibimta, which means that would be the... Uh, the wife of his brother, the wife of the husband's brother, which means that's the lady that potentially he uh, um, potentially is uh, the mitzvah of yibum would be fulfilled. Why does she uh, hate uh, the lady to testify? Because she's concerned that maybe, let's say. This lady is going, this, 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 this man uh, is going to die. And now, eventually, this girl is going to become her co-wife. Because what? She's going to fall now to Yibum. And therefore, which means, let's say uh, the, the, the man and the lady are married. And let's say now he dies. So now the brother has to fulfill Yibum. Now the brother has a wife. Now all of a sudden, this lady that fell becomes the co-wife of the brother's wife, and therefore she has a sana towards towards uh, towards them. Or for that matter, if her husband dies, then she's going to fall to the brother, also she's going to end up being her co-wife. So there is a sana by that lady as well. Ubat ba'ala. Bat ba'ala means her husband's daughter. Which means, the husband has a daughter from a different lady, so she also hates uh, the mother in this case, or the stepmother in this case, because she's taking the place of her mother, and she's eating all the money that was really uh, the mother's. And therefore, she hates and has animosity. So comes again, and Mishnah continues. Ma ben get lemita. 
which means all these ladies that we said are not trusted to say met ba'alech. However, they are trusted, let's say if they are the carriers of a get. They bring a get, let's say, and they come along and bring the get in front of a betin and say that uh, so-and-so was divorced to this lady with this uh, get. They believed. Now, why? They're not believed. But get, they are believed. So the Gemara says, Mishnah says, Shaketav Mokhiyah. A big difference because she's holding a get in her hands. Which is to see the mother-in-law comes along with a get into the betin. So they really, we're not trusting them, their testimony. We're trusting what? They get the papers in the hand. And therefore, now, even though, of course, they have to come along and testify, they have to say that we saw that the get was written and we were there when, when they wrote up the get and they went witness a sign. But since there's an actual get, there's something tangible that they're holding, it's not just a testimony like met ba'alech. So therefore, they're more believed because of the actual document. Comes now, the Gemara begins, Now we're going to discuss some other ladies and the question about their testimony. Now let's talk about the daughter of her father-in-law. In the Mishnah we discussed the daughter of her mother-in-law. Now, what about the daughter of her father-in-law? Is she... Um, which means she's the daughter of the father-in-law, but not the mother-in-law. Is she uh, believed? Does she, does she have a sin'ah? Is she believed to uh, testify? So what's the reason why the uh, daughter of her mother-in-law cannot testify? Why does she hate uh, her brother's wife? Because since her mother hates her, so therefore, So that hatred carries over to her. So in this case, there's no mother that ate, so mother is not there anymore. So therefore, could be that what she'll be able to testify. The reason why Bat Hamuta is not believed why she hates her brother's wife, the Amra, because she says in her heart that what after my mother dies. What? All the money is going to go to her, her son, which is this girl, this lady's brother. And what? Right? So this, my sister-in-law is going to eat all my uh, mother's money. So the same thing over here. This lady is also going to say, Bat Hamia is going to say, the, the, my sister-in-law is going to end up eating all my father's money. Right? So therefore, you have the same logic. Therefore, she, she hates her. And therefore, she doesn't want to, 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 she wants to spoil her. Because she doesn't want all her father's money to go to this, uh, to this sister-in-law. So Gibran says, what's the answer? Tashema Everybody is believed to testify that met Balik to a certain lady, Nashim, except the five ladies that are enumerated in our Mishnah. What are the five ladies? Hamota, Bat Hamota, Tsanata, Yibimta, Ubat Ba'la. So the Gibra says, Vim Ita, if you're telling me that Bat Hamiha is also included, Shitavyan, so it should say there's six ladies. He goes, No. Dilma Ta'ama de Bat Hamota. Maybe I'll tell you the whole reason why Bat Hamotah is not believed. Because she says, my sister's going to end up eating all my uh, father's uh, money. So therefore, you don't have to list it. It's the same thing. The Mishnah lists Bat Hamotah. So the same reason. Bat Hamotah is because she doesn't want uh, uh, the, um, all the money of her... Of her 
mother to go to the daughter-in-law. So the same thing about Hamiya. It was, it's five cases. You don't have to list that case as well. So the Gemara says, what do you mean by that? And yeah, we have a, another Braita that says, Nashim. We have a Braita that says actually seven ladies, not five. So the Gemara says, Ahi, Rabbi Yudai. That Braita is Rabbi Yudai. Tanya, we have a bright Rabbi Yudah, Mosif. Rabbi Yudah was Mosif, two more ladies. Af, Eshet Av. Eshet Av is the father's wife. She hates her husband's daughter. Which means the husband's wife, which means it's not his, uh, it's not the mother of this, of her, of her son, of his son. It's a second wife. So therefore, she hates her husband's son. Sons, or or hates the uh, the husband's uh, daughter. Let's say, why? We'll see. That kala and kala is the uh, daughter-in-law, which means a daughter-in-law cannot testify against the mother-in-law. So the Gemara says, Amrulo. So the Hakamim come along and say, you don't have to list those cases. Eshet which means the case of Eshet Av, which is the father's wife that she's pursued to testify, that's included in Batabaal. Batabaal is the uh, husband's, uh, the, the husband's uh, daughter, which means that's included. Because uh, they, 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 we said that already, they hate each other. And Kala had a Hamutah. Which means when we said kala, that's included when it said hamota, which is these ladies already are included because it's a reciprocal hatred. And therefore already we listed uh, them in the Mishnah. Let's review again. You're coming and telling me, what to be you're adding me, eshet av. What does that mean? The father's wife. Okay? She is pasul uh, to testify. So it says, uh, well, that's included in what the Mishnah said, bat habal. Which means the uh, husband's daughter is uh, forbidden. So therefore, it's, it's a reciprocal uh, hatred. It's the same thing, eshet av or batabal, and kala that's included in hamota Which means, why uh, did you have to list uh, these cases explicitly? So he says, pishlama hamota. I understand why you see a mother-in-law Sanya lala kala She hates the kala The amra Because she says Ka'akhla l'girsani She's going to eat all my money Ela kala May tama sanya lala hamota But the other way Why should a kala Not be allowed to testify Against the mother-in-law So Yabara says that's what, So that's what you have to listen Which means we, what, what's, what's the logic Bishlama bata ba'al Sanya lala shayta'af Which means I understand why The daughter Of the ba'al of the uh, husband, right, which means the daughter of the Baal hates Eshetaav, she hates the father's wife. The right, because she's going to, she's coming along and saying what that. She's going to eat, which means the Eshetaav, the, the the father's wife is going to come along and say that this lady is eating all my uh, mother's uh, assets. But they're the reverse. Why does Eshet Ta'av, why does the f- wa- husband's wife 
hate Bat Baal, the daughter of her, uh, of her husband. Which means, I want to review that side again. So the Gabbara is saying, according to Bihuda, it doesn't, it's not automatically reciprocal, which means we're going to see why it is, but it's not an automatic. She, he says like this, I understand why you want to tell me that Hamota, the, the mother-in-law, hates the daughter-in-law, that's why she cannot, she cannot testify. Good. But I don't understand why does the Kala hate the mother-in-law. And I also understand that what, Bata Baal, that the daughter of the husband, which means, let's say a, a man is married, right? So he has a, a daughter, so she's going to hate her father's wife. Why does she hate her father's wife? Again, because she wants to protect her uh, mother's assets. She says, all my mother's uh, money, right, is going to end up going to this uh, girl, and then she, she's going to, to eat all the money. However, why should the wife of the uh, Father, the Ishtaab, which is this, this lady over here that's married, why should she hate Bataba? Why should she hate her husband's daughter? So the says, Ela mai mosif tarte. So why does he really include these two? Kala you know why the Kala hates the mother in law? Why she cannot testify? Because the uh, mother in law reveals all what the daughter in law does to the husband. Which means she tells the husband all the secrets that her, uh, that his wife does. Yeah, your, daughter, your wife does this and your wife does that. So the daughter-in-law resents the mother-in-law because she, all, the, all the private things the mother-in-law reveals uh, to, to, to make her look bad in the husband's eyes. And the same thing, Eshet Av Nami Sanya Le The Eshet Av, right, the, the, the father's wife, uh, also she hates Batabal, his husband's her husband's daughter, why? Because also she, Batbala is Megalit to the father, exactly everything that she is doing. They were like they spy. They're like the daughter of Dandazar, your wife did this, your wife did that. So therefore, they are hated. So the rabbis come along and say, no, you don't have to list those two. Why? Which means you have a famous rule based on the Pasuk and Mishleh. That like water is to the face of a person, which means when a person looks at water, you see a reflection. See, the person sees his reflection in the water. And therefore, so too the hearts of people are similar to each other. Which means when a person, let's say, smiles at the water, the water smiles back. A person shows an angry face to the water, so the water shows an angry face back. So too, uh, people that love each other, one person I love you, so then therefore the love is reciprocal, it comes back. And if a person hates somebody, so they hate is is, uh, brought back. So therefore, you don't have to list. Once already you listed Hamota, that the mother-in-law hates the daughter-in-law, so automatically you could assume that the daughter-in-law hates the mother-in-law. So that's already included. And uh, similarly, once already you're telling me that what? That Bata Baal, that the daughter of the Baal hates uh, Eshetav, so automatically Eshetav is going to hate uh, Bata Baal. So therefore it's, uh, it's uh, reciprocal, reciprocal. It's automatically you have to list them. Over the Bihuda. Uh, so why did we have to list those two extra cases? Because that person is not talking about people's emotions towards each other. It's talking about the Torah. What does it mean? It's coming from to say that if you work and toil in the study of Torah, so therefore the Torah will smile back at you, which means the Torah will now remain in your 
system, and you'll be able to succeed and remember the Devrei Torah. Let's read that in Nashi. It's one, two, three, four lines after they get wide. Devrei Torah Ketiv. Contrary attitude and the kavana uh, and the the uh, toil that you put in Torah, lebecha omet lecha laamid girsa. You remember your learning. You'll be able to understand your learning. Im yagata ba if you toil a lot, timsa. You'll find it, which you just succeed. In lo yagata lo timsa. And if you don't. You will not. And therefore, kamayim panim, which means, according to the uh, face that you show the Torah, which is you exert yourself in Torah, so it'll uh, respond back by remaining in you. That she brings a different lashon, uh, harina. Im rabbo masbilo panim. Say, if the rabbi shows a, a nice face to the student when he's teaching, then the student will receive the Torah and become wise. But if not, if the, if the rabbi does not show a kind face to the student, a, a happy face to the student, then the student will not be able to learn. So therefore, the Biyuda says, I don't go with the psychology, we tell me that the feelings are reciprocal. And therefore, uh, he says, you have to list them explicitly. So really, everybody agrees, this really comes out, they agree to the seven cases that we uh, that are listed in the Braita. Just the Buddha listed the extra two cases, meaning of Kala and also Eshet Av. And the Achamim said, no, once already you listed the other side, so it's automatic. And then also we have the case of Bat Hamiha, which was the beginning of the Gemara, which is also included. So it comes out this altogether, so far, eight ladies that are not believed. Comes the Gemara continues, Amar Avaha, new question. Ba'ib Maharabah, they were asking in Eretz Yisrael, Hamota Haba'ah Le'achar Mikan, which means the mother-in-law that comes later on. Is she believed or not? Mahu. Now, what's the mother-in-law that comes later on? Which means like this. Let's say this lady over here, fellow's married. Okay, good. Her husband dies. Now she falls to Yibum. Okay, she falls to the husband's brother. Good. But let's say that brother, even though they're brothers, they're paternal brothers. However, but that brother has a different mother. And therefore, she is a potential mother-in-law. Which means, the mother of her husband's wife. She's the mother of the Yavam. Potentially, she might fall to Yibum to this to the brother. The brother has a mother. That lady might one day be her mother-in-law. So the question is: That's a mother-in-law that's potential that you can be a mother-in-law. Is she permissible to, test, to testify? So the Gemara says, "Mal mi maskadat adamit baal." Does she already think from now that uh, the husband might die yabam, and that she's going to fall in front of her son vesanyala? Therefore, she's going to hate her in the future. Oh no, maybe she doesn't uh, project. Uh, that uh, that far, right? So look at that she. Which means, let's say she becomes a yibama. Which means it's not the um, they don't have the same uh, mother. Right, which means now maybe this lady is going to be the mother of the Yavam. It's going to be a mother-in-law. Is she believed to say that your husband died and therefore you fall to your boom? 
This mother of the Yavam, Adata, Dilma Mayit Ba, that her husband, that this, this, the, the, the fellow might die. Finafla Kame Yavam, a bit, she's gonna fall to her son, the Yavam, the Kaachla, the Grisena, and now what? She's gonna end up eating all her hard earned money, like the same Savarava mother-in-law, Umit Kavanil, the Kalkela, Mavshev, and therefore she wants to spoil her from now, even before. She wants to already spoil her from now, so that doesn't happen, because so she will not make you Bumor Nibna, oh no. Now, which means we learned uh, above that what that the sister-in-law, who's a potential sarah, she didn't happen yet. The sister-in-law is forbidden. That's the, uh, the, the, the husband's brother's wife. She's a potential sarah. So we said that also she, she cannot testify. So what's the difference between a Sarah who is a potential Sarah or a, the, the potential mother-in-law? So that she says, two lines on the bottom, Afagab, that Sarah ba'la harmikan pashitlan, we said, what kedam lina, niti, we said in the Mishnah, the yibimta, that's the yibimta. Right, that's the potential uh, sister-in-law that can be a Sarah. Da'inu mishum tsarot ta'atidot labo, because she might become the co-wife. Because that's affecting her directly. And she thinks about it even before it happened. Therefore, she's going to give a false testimony, maybe. We don't believe that. But the sinat that the mother-in-law has for the daughter-in-law, it's a monetary issue. And therefore, she doesn't think about it. Which means if it's affecting her directly, so certainly, like the case of the Yibimta, she already has no ne'emanu. Because already she's thinking that she might have to fall to... to, 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 to this uh, man is going to be, she's going to be a co-wife that's affecting her so she has no ne'emanut but the hamotah it's only a monetary concern so the question is a potential mother-in-law does she have a ne'emanut or not so that's the Gemara's question so the Gemara says Tashema will bring a proof Amra mit ba'ali right let's say the lady comes and testifies like this first she says mit ba'ali my husband dies ve'chalkach mit hami and then she comes along and says that what? That my father-in-law died as well. So it says, Of course she can get married based on the testimony of Met Bali. And she can take her Ketubah. However, Asura. However, we don't believe in the Gabi, which she said that her father-in-law died. And therefore her mother-in-law is going to be forbidden to marry. Okay? What's the reason why her mother-in-law is forbidden? Which means, because according to her words, she came along and said, first her husband died. And then she said her father-in-law died. Now once already her husband dies, then that lady is no longer her mother-in-law. So then at the time that she testifies, met hami, already it's not considered a mother-in-law. So then how she should be believed. Oh, so why is he this? Because again, since she prefaced and said met Bali first, already once the husband dies, she's not a mother-in-law anymore. So therefore, what's the reason why she's not to believe? Because must be because we suspect like this. Because maybe we suspect the way nobody died. 
not her husband and not her father-in-law. And therefore, and the reason why she testified that her father-in-law died, which means because she wants the mother-in-law to believe her, and therefore to get married to somebody else, that the father-in-law is going to resurface, and then she's going to become forbidden. So therefore you see over here, yeah, and even though at the time that she's uh, testifying, obviously her she said that her husband died. That means obviously her husband was overseas. Now, what was the whole reason why we said that the the um, daughter-in-law hates the mother-in-law? Why she not believe? Because we said that the mother-in-law speaks to the son bad about the wife. Therefore, she hates the mother because she's always saying bad things. Now, in this case, it's not happening. Because she's saying, met Bali, which means she's saying that my husband is overseas and he died. Which means she, it's, you're not in a position right now to, for, for, for her to, 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 to speak animosity, according to her testimony. Well, she's, why shouldn't she be believed? There should be no animosity now. She's saying that her husband's not here. And therefore, the, 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 the mother-in-law cannot uh, talk to him. And still what? Still, uh, we don't believe her, that we, we assume that she's lying, and there's still an animosity. Why? Which means, because she's thinking, what? Eventually her husband's going to come back, and uh, the father-in-law is going to come back, and uh, the, the, the mother-in-law is going to go back to her old way, and uh, start uh, being mitzahed uh, her, by talking to her uh, husband, and uh, you know, making uh, trouble. And therefore, what do you see over here? You see that the ladies do project something of the future. Which means, even though right now it's not a problem, Technically, but the reason why she's going to lie because she's saying, even though my husband's out of town now, but she knows uh, once he comes back, it's going to start all over again. So even though it doesn't apply right now, the reason she projects for the future. So the, say, so the same thing about the mother of the Yavam. That even though right now it's not a problem, but they project. And therefore there should be a sin'ah. Kibra says, and therefore she should not, she should not be believed. Kibra says, no. Maybe it's different. Because in this case over there, the daughter already felt the pain of the mother-in-law already. So even though she's not feeling the pain right now because her husband's away, but already once you feel the pain already, so it's, therefore it's uh, much worse. Therefore she has a hatred. And therefore she's going to want to oser the mother-in-law and against the father-in-law, and therefore we're not going to believe her. However, this lady, the, she's the mother of the Yavam, she never felt pain and nothing ever happened anymore. So it could be, it's not going to be a sin'ah, and therefore she can be believed. So really the Gemara does not answer that question, it leaves it in a question. Comes the next Mishnah. We have a case... Now we're going to discuss, let's say, we have a contradiction between uh, witnesses. Ayed Omer Met. Okay? You have one witness that comes along and says, that what the husband died. Of course, Betty now will allow her to remarry based on that testimony. Then it's it. And of course, she once she got remarried. Uba Ehad Ve'amar Lomet. And another witness comes along and says, Lomet, he didn't die. Harezu Lotetze. Which means she does not have to get... Uh, leave the husband that she married. Which means we believe over here the first witness and not the second witness. The Gemara will explain why. Let's say one witness says met. 
Ushnaim Omrim Lometa, but two witnesses now come along and say Lomet, so therefore they're contradicting the first witness. Afalpishin is said, even though she got married based on the first testimony, Titzeh, she has to uh, go out. Now we go the opposite case. Shenaim Omrim Met. Let's say two witnesses say Met. Ve'ed Omer Lomet, and one witness comes along and says Lomet, Afalpishin Lomet, even though she didn't get married yet, Tinaseh. She can go get married based on the testimony of the two, and the one that said Lomet does not stand in the face of the two witnesses. Comes down to give it an analyzes. We said in the Mishnah, let's say one witness comes along and says Mit. Right? And we said that what? She got married, and then one witness comes along and says, Lomit. So he said, What? Lot it's it. She can remain married. So the Gemara's Medayik. That's Mashma only because already she got married already, based on that one witness. But if she didn't get married yet, and then the second witness came along and said, Lomit, we're not going to let her get married. It's only because she got married already. But if she didn't get married, then we're not going to let her. That's what's Mashma. So why should that be? which means we have a rule anytime the Torah believes one witness for example in the case of a sotah which means if let's say a lady was secluded with a man right so she has to go to the Beit HaMikdash now and she has to drink the waters but let's say one witness came along and said that I know for a fact that she had relations with that man in seclusion so therefore that's right Torah believes one witness to say she was nitme'ah therefore she doesn't drink the waters of the sotah which means he has a status that one witness like he is two witnesses which means if one witness comes along and says nitme'ah the Torah believes her and therefore she does not drink and therefore it's as if there is two witnesses and therefore, in this case over here, once one witness is believed to say what met Bala, so therefore he's like two. So Pashut, she shouldn't be allowed to marry Lichatila. And I don't care one witness comes along after and says um, that uh, he's still alive. One witness has no bearings in the, in the case where there's a Ne'emanut like two witnesses. So therefore, even if she didn't get married, it should be permissible for her to marry now, even after the witness, uh, the second witness comes. So why did the Mishnah only say Vinisit? That only if she got married already before the second witness came. She should be permissible to get married to Khatayla, even after the second witness came, because the first witness has a deal of two witnesses. So Gabriel says, you're right. One witness comes along and says, the husband died. For they allowed her to get married. Mm-hmm. And one witness came along and said, She does not go out from the original heter, which means she remains with the original heter. She can get married. She's the original heter remains. And therefore she will be still able to get married even. Comes the next statement. Right? We said one witness said, Said, met, and we said two witnesses came along and said, Lomet. So that case over here, the deen is that even if she got married, she has to go out. Which means you believe the second witnesses. So the Gemara says, Peshita, which means what's the, what's the question? Of course, we're not going to believe the first witness 
in light now of two witnesses that come along and testify. The end of Arav Shelehad and Komshnaim, because they have actually two physical witnesses, so certainly we're not going to believe the first ones. Of course the Mishnah's deen is true, that she has to be a titzit. So it was an Olot Tzericha, and the case of the Mishnah is, we're talking about over here that the two witnesses that come along, they're not kosher witnesses. We're talking about Bifsule Edut. It's two witnesses that are Pisulim against one witness that is Kashir. like the that says what? Then you go according to the majority of opinions, which means if let's say you have now two others that are coming to argue against the one, which means even if they are pasul, you go after the numbers now, which means now it's Two pasul against one, so therefore you're going to believe the two. The asu shten nashim, which means in this case, for example, the hachamim believed two ladies that normally the pasul they edut beishehad in order to contradict one kosher witness, just like a case of kishne anashim beishehad, just like in a case where you have to say two men and one man, which means just like two men can contradict the, the testimony of. One, so to two ladies in the case where an edahad is neiman can contradict one kosher witness. And therefore, since we say that there's a neimanut of an edahad, so therefore it's not a regular edut, and therefore we go after Rav De'ot, even if that Rav De'ot is pesulim, they can come along and override the Ed Kasher, even though she got married to Nessus. So the case of Mishnah is one witness whose kosher comes along and says, Met. Two ladies, for example, come along and say, Lomit, you're going to believe the two ladies? So it's two against one, and that's the Hadush of Mishnah, that in the case where there's an Edehad that's Kasher, you go after Rav De'ot, and so even if the Rav De'ot are pesulot, they have an Emanud. We give a different Hadush of Mishnah. Which is, let's say you have a good witness came and testified. Different interpretation. Which means, I'll say that once a kosher witness comes along and says, even if a hundred ladies come after, we don't go after Rav Deot. And they're not going to have an ability to, 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 to be machish, to contradict. What's the Hadush of the Mishnah that we're saying you go after Rav Deot? The case is talking about where not a kosher witness came around. The Eid is talking about you have a lady that came. Oh, so therefore if two uh, ladies come along and uh, t- 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 override, so it's two ladies against one lady. So therefore you're going to believe it. And now you have to redefine the Ibn Hamya's statement. Because why? Ibn Hamya Omer, Any time the Torah believes in the Had Halach Achar Rov Deot, and you go after the majority of opinions, that's in what case? Which means we're going to go after the majority when everybody, everybody's Pasul. Two ladies against one lady, that'll be like Kishne Anashim Be'ishihad, like two men against one man. About Shte Anashim Be'ishihad. But if you have, let's say, two ladies against one kosher witness, that's already what? One witness against one witness. And therefore, there's no Ne'emanu. Uh, therefore, if they're ready, they allow her to get married based on that uh, testimony. She does not, uh, she's able to still maintain to get married. Like we said, Lot So if according to the second version, Rov De'ot is only believed when the witness is a Pasul. But if the witness is a Kasher, so therefore even a hundred ladies is considered like one to be one against one. So the Hadush of the Mishnah is talking about where the first witness was a lady. She was a Pasula. Ah, so in that case, two ladies come along now and testify against. We're going to believe the two ladies uh, against the one lady, just like we believe two men against one man. That's the 
the case. Comes the Mishnah and continues. Shnaim Omri Mit. My two witnesses come along and say Mit, and one witness came along and said Lo Mit. So the Deen is, even though she didn't get married, she can go get married to Ketayla, which means you believe the two witnesses. So the Gibbara says, wait, my Kamash Mahalan, what are you, You have two witnesses that come along and submit, and you only have one witness to contradict it. So what's the, what's the question? So the Gibbara says, uh, the case is talking about where you have the two guys that came along, we're talking about they were Pasul, Ukhtar Bi, Nehamya. Based on the Bini Hamya's deen, the Azil Batar, Rov Deot. Right? There you go after Rov Deot. That she's in a case where, let's say, you believe. The Torah believed in Edehad. So therefore, you go after the majority. So therefore, let's everybody's Pasul over. So you have two Pasul against one Pasul. So the Hadush is what? Uh, that you're going to believe the, the uh, two. And therefore, uh, no problem. So Gabbara says, Ainuach. Which is, you just learned this. We just said this in the Risha. That the Hadush is that what? And when the Torah gives the Ne'emanu to one witness, you go after Rov, they ought. Why does the Mishnah have to repeat this same Hadush again? says, Because I would say that when you go after Rov, they ought Lechumra. Like in the first case, it was one witness against two witnesses. And the second two witnesses are coming to saying, Lomit. And therefore we're going to believe them that she cannot get married. So I, maybe I would believe Rov, they ought Lechumra. But to Matira to get married, lo, I might not think. Even the Kula, you go after Rov, they ought. So this the last case of Mishnah, when we say, Shnaim Omri Met, it means that Shnaim, they are Pasul. Right? And they're coming against a witness. So the deen is that what? We believe the Shnaim, we go after Rov, they ought, and the Hadushes, even the Kula to allow her to get married. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen ve'amen.